All right, I am on Do Not Disturb. I was about to say, first things first, let's start <laughs> off with putting our phones on Do Not Disturb. Lesson learned. Folks, this is the third time is a charm at work. This is about to be beautiful. Uh, Diane and I have been talking, and we're just going to have this simple back and forth about 2020, what it meant for us as a couple, as business partners, as best friends, and where we want to go with the business, where we want to go in our relationship. And so you kind of are just tuning in and stalking a conversation from afar. So (laughs) this might be helpful for anyone who wants to just peek into what a healthy relationship (laughs) is. And I say healthy relatively. This is definitely the healthiest I've had. Um, Same by far. We're doing our best, guys. Yeah, we are. I think we're doing Um, great. What do you think is the difference between this and other ones we've had or the ones that you've had? Um, this is not me fishing for compliments or maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, a lot. Honestly, this is the, this is the first relationship that I've had with a friend. Like yes. for a long time, you know, like I've gotten to know guys, like some people I just started dating right off the bat or there was an immediate, I only dated guys that I was interested in, <laughs> like right off the bat. I didn't get attracted to people right away. So when I was attracted to someone, I was like, Oh, um, but you know, it's funny. Or it wasn't before, long. It's just like maybe we like were, a month. We we talked them. before about, and I was invited on the Friends podcast to talk about this exact topic. And I talked to you about it before I went on that podcast. I talked about how before you only dated people you were friends with, or at least that's how it was where I'm from. <laughs> or you <laughs> like from. you were best friends with your person, you know, like you're best friends, and then you became, and then you became romantic. You know, or you were best friends with the person you hooked up with. Like, but now we just hook up with strangers and it's weird if you are friends. It's just strange, you know, but I really think that there's so much divine purpose in us being best. Um, and then yeah. romantic partners second and then business partners third. But it's funny because I tend to do the opposite where I put the business partner ship first and then the romantic (laughs) second and then the friendship last yeah and that's when we get into problems yeah and but see that's when our friendship shines like whenever anything out like whenever anything else happens in any of the because we have we play a lot of roles together you know um and i just realized like our friendship saves each and every one of those yeah uh it it changes in like tone do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it it changes but it's there's still a solid base it is and i think it's because like we both understand how and because we're really good friends we understand how we communicate in each one of these scenarios so it's like i do want to say that it is a blessing to have a divine feminine partner support you uh as the divine masculine you know i talked before this podcast i made a podcast on how everyone just wants to take from divine masculine everyone is literally hitting me up for readings everyone's hitting me up for emergency readings everyone and before that when i was writing everyone asked me to write about a certain topic that they suggested or people would dm me paragraphs about their problems about you know they can't get over someone and i'm supposed to help them out in some magical way right but then having someone who isn't about, hey, can you do this for me? But but how's your day going? It's just so refreshing. And so Divine Feminines, if you're listening to this, this is the space you need to come from if you want to feel refreshing, you know, to your partner. Because yeah. um, energy is not just about a, a, a polarity and charge. You know, this book that I'm reading or have read, talked about a temperature and energy how a lot of masculine energy is hot where you know you're working a lot and so when you come home you don't want you want someone who's cool in energy which is kind of like the way i'm talking now someone who's calm peaceful in the receiving mode right if you have someone who's always worked up also 
what do I need to do? How can I get this person back into my life? Well, you know, like that energy is too hot. And if he's hot, you guys aren't going to be a good match or you won't be complimentary. But all this to say, thank you for being a great support system. Thank you. Appreciate you too. You get me and I love it. I feel heard for the first time. Um, I feel seen. That's such a big thing. Um, what part of you feels seen? All of me. Dude, What's up? Yeah. I was going to say, I just, you just have so much attention to detail. It's wonderful. Um, which is funny because sometimes you get on my ass because I don't listen. And this is true. <laughs> Divine masculine does not listen to a word Divine feminine says. Yeah. But that's part of masculine energy, by the way. Just like kind of being not stubborn or level headed. That's not the right word, but kind of just being not indifferent either. But no, you just focus on one thing focused. intently, you know, and um, it's my place not to take that personally and to. Like anytime that happens and I'm upset by it, I'm just like, okay, this is my place to grow. Yeah. You know, and this is where I need to just like reflect on what is it that I'm getting upset about. And mostly like I was upset that I'm like, okay, um, what would add to it is if I didn't vocalize it and see, that's what I got from all my other relationships and what I was able to get with you in that by being friends first is we just talked about everything openly and honestly, and I called you on your bullshit all the fucking time. And, oh you know, God, you're you very upfront with me. You and sad. It was really hard entering a relationship. Um, I took, a, I usually take long, long breaks before entering into a new relationship because I go through them in detail. Like what happened here? What, where can I grow from this? Like, I'm not going to enter another relationship without like, clearing all the emotions here first before moving on. And so my last one, I realized that there was a lot of things I overlooked, not just in that one, but in other ones. And um, I was able to finally understand, like, I don't communicate my needs. I don't. Well, that's, that's the thing. So when people are <laughs> upset, they, when they vocalize, you know, you said the importance of vocalizing your needs or whatever's bothering you oh, that's yeah. important but how you're vocalizing yes. it is even more important because you can easily say oh my god you suck you're not paying attention to me right we watched this video about like from a marriage counselor from the got from the gottman institute about master couples versus disaster couples right and so the master couples when they vocalize the problems they talk about their needs first rather than what their person is doing so mm -hmm. if you're in conflict don't say, oh, you're pissing me off because you're not paying attention to me. Say instead, hey, I feel ignored. That's yeah. way more powerful than just throwing insults and being combative. Yes. Right? Talk about how you feel. Mm -hmm. And this is something I struggle with because I'm always just like, uh, God, Diana, 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 Diana. When instead, hey, I feel a little tense. I feel a little bothered. And um, I mean – one thing that I learned one thing that I learned I think that has really helped me in this is understanding that issues don't need to be addressed right then and there and it's actually better sometimes to wait until like things are good until you're in a good space one because the other person's instinct is to go on the defensive, especially if that's like what they're doing right now. Like say, um, you know, Dan was watching basketball while I was talking to him. Right. And, and I get Guess upset. I'm not going to be like, Hey, like I, I feel like you're not paying attention because you're watching basketball and he might get defensive right away. Cause it's something he's doing now. And now his ego is just like embarrassed or attacked or whatever it may be. Like, even if he knows he's wrong, even if he's like very grounded, like you just instinctively feel this hurt within yourself. And so it's very hard for you to be reflective and have a constructive conversation. If what you're doing in the moment is the cause of the problem. And okay? I don't understand why, but in that moment, I would just feel more inclined to watch basketball even longer just yeah. to piss you off. And it's toxic, <laughs> but I, that's like the initial 
reaction, the primal animalistic nature part of me that would just go, oh, no, yeah. I'm going to resist that. I'm just going to watch more basketball. I don't know if you have a higher understanding. You probably do of why that is. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the ego not wanting to admit defeat. Yeah. It, well, and that's why I say, like, don't – it's not to say don't bring up an issue at all, like, or don't – I also don't want you to wait too long, but wait till you guys are in a good place where it's calm, where they're not doing the thing that upset you, you know, or the thing that caused the problem because now, like, they can they can separate themselves from it. And so that's really what you want to do is make sure that they feel separate from – that place and those actions and like that person um and that they're in this safe place because it'll help them not get defensive and it'll also help you not be so heated because if they go on the defensive as soon as you bring something up you can't help but go on the offensive and you guys can't retract from there and it's not it might not necessarily look like an all-out fight but like for me and dan it would just be very like passive aggressive of him going more into it and me just like having an attitude or something you know um like that for example that issue for us it probably happened for two days before I finally brought it up and I brought it up when we were finally like actually communicating and having a good time and then I'm like hey by the way um I told you this and you probably don't even remember hearing it it's like no I don't I'm like yeah by the way (laughs) I I don't always it's common conversation yeah folks. you know it, <laughs> and it was just you know like me understanding too like I have to be I think for me is I didn't understand where he was at mentally and he communicated that with me it's like hey I learned something new and I was just very excited about this and I had to learn as much as I could about it and so I just Oops. went down this rabbit hole and I'm like oh okay like I can respect that this is your passion you're finally found something that you really resonate your purpose with and you know I want to be a supportive partner and I don't want to be upset that I didn't get attention I just need to you know I was like attention wasn't the issue it was um what was it the bids is the fact that I said something and you didn't respond to it and that it happened so consecutively yes yes so there's something called relationship bids or bids in the relationship where someone says something not necessarily to talk about that certain topic, but to simply get the other person's attention. And so what they found was master couples connect all their bit, not all their bids, but like 80% or something of their bids and disaster couples are couples who are prone to divorce or break up or are just unhappy because you can be together forever and be unhappy and have that be a failure. Right. Yeah. And it's simple uh, things like, Oh it. yeah. It's like, Oh, it's raining outside. And if your partner doesn't say anything or doesn't really like even turn around to look, then it's like, okay, they didn't take up that bid. Yeah. And, but you know what I realized mm-hmm. from, cause this is a spiritual partnership and we've talked mm-hmm. before about how the basis of our relationship, you know, it was spiritual growth, but the base of our connection is friendship. But, you know, stepping into the divine masculine role, especially with all things twin flames, I realized how much the masculine, and this might be the old template is just consumed by work, by work. Uh, and I am consumed by money and work and I don't know how to balance it sometimes. And at times it seems like a good idea. And this is really an interesting topic to, to have mm-hmm. and very important topic to discuss because as we move into the new age, into the age of Aquarius, where, you know, the, the house of work is moving into the sign of cancer, which is rules the home. And, you know, I'm, I, all my signs are pretty much cancer besides my son's sign. Um, but anyway, people are doing what they love now. People are being passionate about what they love. People are finding are aligning their career with their authentic truth. And therefore, they're thinking about the career all day long, but they're not putting relationships first. You know, so like you need to strike a balance. I'm I need to find a way to strike a balance between. Okay, I do love tarot reading. Okay, I do love making podcasts. But is it a stretch to do a podcast at what is it now? Three a.m. Probably. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know where to draw the line. And so enter this and enter this mindset in a relationship where you're just passionate about work and your partner's passionate about work because it's fun. We help people for a living. This is a fucking amazing life that we live. 
right? So how yeah. do you balance the two when you love your life, you're doing what you love most, you're getting paid for it, but you're in a relationship and you're still a human being that needs to have fun. Like, how do you balance these things? That's such a good question. I guess we're trying to figure out. I know um, the thing is, I'm gonna say I don't know. And, meditation. and uh, I figure things out experientially by going to the deep end and, and then subtracting. Yeah. And I normally pick up. And so what this would look like from like for the divine feminine, for you most likely listening to this um, is, you know, when Dan gets into the, I, I sense these before. I always know when he needs to pivot before he does. Um, and you know, I used to hint at it and he would ju- like, it would just go over his head. And so I just, you know, I'm, I've had a lot of practice with a lot of people where I don't try to fix things or do things for them. So I'm like, okay, my rule is I'll kind of drop hints or if he's in this, you know, in the, in a place where he just is uh, conflicted or stuck, I'll offer a creative solution. And if he doesn't take up on it, like, he normally you normally take like about a day to think something over and mull it over and then you're like oh yeah you're right you were right i i think i need to do this you know um yeah but like i just trust that you're gonna get there like i'm not i'm not worried about how long it's going to take you i just i'm like oh he's gonna figure it out like i know he is um he's you know uh reflective and insightful smart and the universe has his back, so it's going to give him a thump on the head if he doesn't get it together anyway. So I'm not worried. You know, oh, he's going to get several thumps on the head. It gives him a lot, you guys. <laughs> you should look in my head. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know where to stop. And so, like, um, I think I told a client this once. I'm like, if you meditate and if you sit with yourself, Okay, if you really tune into your intuition, you will be told when to pivot. You will be told when you're putting too much energy in one thing and when you need to pull back and put it in something else. All right, like you will feel it and you will know and you just do it. Yeah. When you do not, this is when either someone else will test you or, you know, something, some circumstance will like force you to stop. You know, you'll get sick. Someone will call off of work or cancel a meeting, like whatever it may be. Something's going to come up, you know, a car accident, God forbid. But, you know, if you don't stop, something will stop you. But more than anything for twin flames, it's their twin that triggers them. It's the twin that's going to trigger you in a way that's going to have you pivot. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're working, say you realize that your union is blocked because you're not financially stable. So you work at, you focus on career and work and making money, making money, making money, and you're in a decent place. And all of a sudden your twin triggers this insecurity where you don't feel heard because he, you said something to him and he just went over his head and he's, you know, he interpreted it wrong. And now you don't feel heard. And all of a sudden you're being asked to, and you feel it like it's a trigger, but in the reality it's, you had been getting signs to pivot into childhood trauma and you just kept overlooking them or putting it off and so now your twin triggered you so you have to you realize it's okay it's my childhood trauma that I need to clear and sometimes we focus too much time in these things because we're like oh yeah I need to heal it 100% it's like no like you've done enough work here you can pivot into something else now you need to pivot into connection and relationships and what you said is really beautiful because what you're saying is your highest self your inner emotional body uh abraham hicks calls it our inner being which knows everything dictates our entire life so if we need to learn a lesson it will literally manifest a lesson for us to learn and of course we can go deep within us in meditation and figure out okay what changes do i need to make what do i need to pay attention to right uh and this is why triggers happen by the way it's your inner being your inner child showing you the different ways that you haven't been paying attention to yourself and where you haven't been paying attention to yourself. So you can do this and clear this in meditation or life will reflect the different ways that you haven't been paying attention to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there really isn't, it's, it's just interesting taking this perspective of your inner being is creating your entire life and there's really no one else but you. No one else but you. 
it's so weird to think that way yeah and it just makes you realize how connected you really are to everything because like it's it's manifestation put brings so many things together you know like it just interweaves into the earth and into money and animals and numbers and other people yeah it's just like so i want to go into real quick because this yeah. is that this this popped up okay so we are connected and we create all our circumstances at what point do we not co-create twin flame separation because do we not yeah like at what point because i'm separate from my twin right now at what point is it like a conscious decision and not a reflection or at what point can I say, okay, this is my twins doing, this is their free will versus a reflection or a projection of some inner trauma that I haven't healed yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, where's the line? Like, I want to say that I'm at a point where I'm fully healed, but I'm in separation with my twin flame. So can I say I'm fully healed? Uh, You know what our situation is about that. But as you were saying that something came to me Um, and you ready for this? The moment you decided you wanted your twin was the moment that you decided you were going to chase your higher self. That is 1000%. Okay. Um, the moment you had that realization of this is whole, that's all your soul needed for you to keep chasing. Yeah. It's not your twin that you've been chasing this whole time. Like, let's just be very real about that. You're yeah. chasing this feeling that you get around them. Yeah. And the feeling that you get around them is pure. It's just your soul showing you like, hey, this is all within you. Now we just got to go through the work to uncover this so you can feel it. Like, this is what you're chasing. Um, and just- it's so, it's it's beautiful how it's played out in the twin flame relationship because that's the point of it. And it shows you, okay, where's your truth? How are you departing from it? Because uh, the very first date I had with my twin flame we met up and then, you know, we we're talking about the work I was doing and I was reselling necklaces from China to high schoolers at a 400% markup. And obviously that isn't my truth and it's not my purpose and passion. At the time I was doing spoken word poetry and I was writing a lot on Instagram and I was building a writing Instagram page, but I didn't really talk about it. But as I was talking, I was like, she's not getting any of this. This is not resonating. And I quickly pivoted. And from there, we just kept talking about writing. We kept talking about uh, the different, her different creative passions. And I realized, like you said, like, oh, it's not her that I want. It's this unexpressed part of myself that has a bend towards creativity, that has a bend towards the right side of my brain, not the part that wants to flex and chase things and get clout. Yeah. You know, like that's the first time you truly felt whole complete i guess um and this wasn't the universe trying to show you hey this person's going to complete you it's like it's more of hey this is what you're supposed to feel like on your own let's help you get there and you know for most of our lives we don't really know what we're chasing we're just kind of surviving and so when you were saying like when do we when do we decide that we're done with the separation because you know we're masters of it but it's it's it won't happen until you're in union with yourself it can't happen until you're in union with yourself or at least until your twin doesn't compromise that because for some people it's like they can be with their twin while they're working through that and for others they have to like completely be whole in order to come into union with them but it's just your soul yourself their highest self protecting you from missing out on the journey the beautiful journey the beautiful journey but you know what makes it difficult is even when you do align with your highest self and you find your purpose it's all about the intention because if your intention is to feel better about yourself through your purpose because once you pursue your purpose people will tell you you'll reach your infinite abundance and be like oh yeah look i have my abundance i feel better about myself you're not aligned you still haven't found your truth the truth isn't about doing something it's about being something 
right? And so you can easily pursue your purpose with the misguided notion that you're going to be abundant and that's going to somehow validate your existence. Mm -hmm. And then you're just going to depart further from the fact that, you know, you're taking this journey on with the wrong intention and you're not going to be in union with yourself and therefore with your twin flame. Yeah. And I mean, as long as you're open-minded, because, you know, it's for those that are starting their journey or those that are in, I don't feel like very many are in this dark night, but some are. What gets you through it is, you know, this desire sometimes and sometimes like yes we say have the the right intention but when you're just starting off and you're in pain like all you want is like for the pain to stop and you know that's how I started off my journey is my intention wasn't I'm going to save the or I'm going to help the world I'm going to bring the world into alignment no my intention was I just need to get through another day you know like I (laughs) just want the days to not be so hard yeah um and you know, eventually that evolves into, oh, wow, like I really have a love for myself and I, now I want to, well, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like at first it was my intention was now I'm going to be better so I can get my twin back into my life and that'll only get you so far. But luckily that gets you close enough to like that, that won't work until you'll push harder and you're like, okay, what else do I need to do? And eventually you just fall into this place of self-love because the things that you have to do to get into alignment or to try to win your twin back are the same (laughs) tools that help you align with yourself and help you love yourself. Yeah. And once you get a taste of that self-love and those meditations and um, that just like moment of alignment, like that's really all you need. And then the power that they have over you just kind of falls away the pain just like, you know, vanishes. That's beautiful. Um, And right now I'm looking at the sweatshirt you gave me because the design (laughs) on it is really calling me. So on this design, it has a skull, a butterfly and a flower. And so I feel like this is a perfect depiction of what 2020 was for a lot of couples and a lot of twin flames, either in separation or union. So I want to talk about the skull, the butterfly and the flower. So let's start with the skull, okay? Uh, The skull is heavily represented in the tarot and in the death card. Uh, So people focus on death or destruction or devastation and loss rather than transformation, right? They don't focus on the rebirth. And so people are in separation. They're focusing on things falling apart rather than getting to the consciousness of trying to figure out okay what do i need to do to, or what did this bring about what opportunity do i have now what privilege do i have now now that i have time to look within myself right the skull has a, such an ominous connotation in our culture and in the collective it shows emptiness rather than opportunity What do you think the skull uh, signifies for you in regards to 2020? Hmm. The skull. It's like, in, it comes up in your Oracle card too. Right? Yeah. So it was I know a, that, ske- a lot. There's a lot of skulls. There's a, there's several skulls and then there's a skeleton. You know, the skeleton is um, when the body decomposes, you know, all the flesh, the muscle, all of the organs, everything just disintegrates basically, right? Falls away. But the bones, the structures, that's like really, it can withstand. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just this constant fear of us not being strong enough. It's like, well, you don't understand like deep down how much strength you have within yourself. Oh, that's so beautiful. And the other thing with it, that was, yeah, that was, I I loved that message that I got from it. Um, The other thing is, you're right, like we focus on death so much and it's just, we have to accept that we don't fully understand, um, we don't understand that part and we, we view it very negatively. And even then, it's like we have this like 
fear of death, but we also have this shame of all of the emotions towards it. So it's like, not only can we not work through this fear, but we can't even address the emotions it brings up for us. And so this is Mm -hmm. just this constant isolating. Ironically, it feels isolating when this is something we all experience. So for me, I think it's this, what it civilizes to me, it's like us coming to terms with all of us being human and all of us being much more connected through, you know, this huge event that we've gone through collectively, through this pain that we suffer collectively. Yeah. And, you know, what the skull also is calling me, you know, what it leads me towards is obviously there's emptiness of human life but there's still the feeling of aliveness and that's why it's so eerie and creepy for people because there's a feeling of no there's something still there mm-hmm. and so it kind of alludes to yeah you might pass away in this life but the soul remains and there is this collective awakening to the soul being timeless and eternal and 2020 people really tapped into the soul and the components of the soul and the infinite nature of the soul and how it was here, not just for this lifetime, but many lifetimes, right? You being here right now is evidence that you existed before. Because something had to bring your body here. Like a car doesn't just show up in New York. Someone had to drive the car. Your body just doesn't show up here. Your soul had to choose the vehicle or the meat suit of your body to come here right and so i feel like there's a lot of awareness right now around the presence within the skull within the structure and before there was a lot of fear there but now there's embrace and warmth and welcoming i think it's beautiful i like that term meat suit i don't know why i like that so much but i've always found that funny i think it's the funniest thing in the world because it's it's a little it's a little degrading but it's also like we we don't take it too seriously it's like yeah i mean this is literally just the body that we chose it's not that big of a deal but it kind of is i guess yeah uh so the next image is a butterfly (laughs) and the butterfly has been ridiculously enormous and uh, cataclysmic for all things twin flames that's what started all twin all things twin flames guys i mean for twin flames across the board everyone has the butterfly as a symbol why like what is the symbolic meaning for you in 2020 of the butterfly like why do people have this connection with the butterfly um you gave such a great answer for the skull. I'm expecting nothing but greatness for this one. Jeez, the pressure <laughs> is on. I mean, they're both so related too. Like you can't. So the skull is the transformation that the soul goes through, right? The transition between life and death from existence in the real world to existence in this 5D and the butterfly is symbolic of the human like of this of this current life because we go through this transition but we don't necessarily die we stay alive within with it yeah okay um and there's there's something that was so interesting that i just had thought of when i when i was I had a caterpillar in my room. I like bought a new plant and there was a caterpillar that fell in. And I was like, the hell is this caterpillar doing here? So I take it outside and I just put it on a leaf. I'm like, I'll put it on this leaf, you know? I'll put it somewhere nice where it can like munch and eat and then eventually make a cocoon. And I had this thought, like, this caterpillar does not have a mama around. It does not have any teachers around. It doesn't even have any other caterpillars around. How does it know that it needs to make a cocoon? And how does it know how to make a cocoon? Like, whoa, right? And I'm just like, 
so nature just really follows its intuition especially that and i think that's so symbolic it's just no matter what happens like this transformation has to happen for it wow you know it's literally encoded with it and we are too but we ignore it yeah and so it's just like you, we do you do kind of ignore it or postpone it and it's Dude, that is so beautiful and it's just deep. like all these answers are within you like you don't need to ask anybody outside of yourself how to make your cocoon and how to grow within your cocoon and what you're supposed to look like when you come out of it that's amazing that's you're amazing welcome wow that was a total mic drop moment <laughs> i don't really have anything to follow up with other than i just see with the butterfly got a completely different message i got an image of literally just us just us like spreading our wings and because when you're in the cocoon you there's no one helping the 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 caterpillar caterpillar break out of the cocoon it's literally him and his own ligaments just wrestling and building up the the fortitude strength and stamina which will later help him to fly and so we learned a lot of things in business in a relationship in 2020 which will in 2021 help us fly. Like you, I, I want you to talk about the different things that you want to do in 2021. Now that, you know, you bought those jars and you want to do spell work. What I'd said it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Diana's doing spell, guys. I'm more excited about it than she is. He's so excited. I'm, it makes me so happy how excited you are. I'm not going to lie. You got so excited. And I just like, I feel so supported. We'll see. This is divine masculine energy. I don't want to say at its finest. That's a little cocky. But, you know, in me asking you these questions, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving it Mm open-ended. You know, and so, like, this is what I'm learning to do. To lead, because people don't know this, but I Mm -hmm. I put up specials for you. I put up, I I dictate your services without you even telling me what you want to do. People don't know that. People just think, like, we had this conversation of, oh, yeah, uh, can you... I'm going to have this service. No, I literally type up everything on the website on behalf of Diana's highest self. And I trust that this is what she's going to do. When we did the channeled letters, she had no idea that she was going to do a channeled letter or that she could even do a channeled letter. I just said, no, she can do it. And uh, she or woke up to like, to like three orders. <laughs> you know, she got the yeah. Oracle cards for herself, but I was like, no, she's right for it. She's going to do a reading um but yeah so i see us you know you spreading your wings into spell work me diving deeper into the crossover of spirituality religion um a little astrology you know with you akashic record reading dude the the everything is limitless you know like it's limitless what we can do oh i do want to tell people we are starting a patreon oh yeah we are starting patreon people so exclusive videos up to seven pick a card readings in detail a month about divine masculine collective updates, divine feminine collective updates, messages from your person, messages you need to hear right now. So all things swim flames, we're gonna start a Patreon. It's gonna be fifteen bucks a month, seven videos a month on detailed pick a card readings and other behind the scenes content. So uh, as we're talking about what we're doing to spread our wings, that's something I'm doing and it's already created. I just have to make the first Patreon video and then I will publish it. I'll probably make the video tomorrow. Um, the new year. But the new Spider- year. Yeah, right. Really spreading our wings in 2021. Also, I want to talk about like how this affects us as a relationship or like us as a couple within a relationship, you know, like wrestling things out long distance and then closing the distance in 2021. Oh, snap. That's going to be interesting. That's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We're already manifesting it. (laughs) You know, it's funny because like the part of me just wants to build up all these walls and have all these rules of like, okay, no, I need to save up X amount. I need to have X amount in my investing account before we do this when none of that really matters. Yeah. You know, like it's like what really matters is like, how we feel and if we're you know quote unquote ready for it yeah it's just funny because people like we talk about time a lot you know people are just like you know you haven't been dating for too long maybe you shouldn't move in together well the concept of time is interesting because i feel like we know each other better than most people who have been together for like several years yeah 
who's to say? Who's but, um, to say? Who's to say? Okay, so the last image is that of a flower. Uh, I do want to say this, though. What I got from this shirt was, well, from the overall image of the skull, the butterfly, and the flower, was my twin flame because her favorite shirt literally had a skull and flowers. And so it's interesting how your twin flame shows up literally in everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this to the collective. Like, my twin flame shows up everywhere. Um still and it's not it's it's not something i'm upset about anymore it's just it's kind of it's sweet it's really sweet there it's like, you oh, cool. go it's really sweet it's like oh you're still here and so that desperation energy of like oh why aren't you here in the physical it's like wait what i have all the signs i need right like i randomly took a screenshot of a comment to like my bible video about how it's all about the mind like i was looking at the comment i was reading it and i accidentally took a screenshot of the one comment there's one comment on the video because everyone just wants to watch tarot readings but that's neither here nor there uh but the person i I looked at the screenshot the one person who had commented it uh their bio or i mean their uh their name the last three they they had digits in their name and the digits were my twin's exact birthday and I'm like, of course, of, of course. course, of course, of course, I had to take a screenshot of it accidentally. Right. Um, and I looked at the time and it had to do with her area code. And I was like, of course, of course, of course. But um, yeah. So what does the flower on the skull represent for you in terms of 2020 for twin flames? Last message, the flower. Hmm. Growing from the skull, the top of the skull, the crown of the skull. Oh, like the lotus? A little bit. This is more of a sunflower. But I mean, it's a flower nonetheless. Why are we going to discriminate? It's symbolic of the lotus. Of Could be. I mean, it is. It is, right? <laughs> growing from the mud. Growing from, not even the mud, literally, but from... from a grave. Sun. Yeah. From a freaking grave, yeah. <laughs> Flowers from a grave. What's the what's the symbology behind that for twin flames? You impress me every time, so I expect nothing again, but even more greatness. Okay. So everyone, get your popcorn ready. You ready for this? She's about okay. to drop the mic once more. <laughs> that, like, honestly, when I saw it, it was just like you can find beauty in anything, and yes. Life can be scary. Yes, you can focus on the school or you can just notice the simplicity and the frailty of life. You know, you can look at it as beautiful and empowering and fleeting and honor it as that. Or you can focus on how scary death is to you or how scary this darkness or the unknown is to you it's like we look at the skull and we think of death but you don't look at the butterfly and you don't look at the flower and think that's going to die when it does Hmm. when those last less than the skull you know like those are those probably resemble um what's the word i'm looking for mortality more than anything um, something about it has the, those like kind of phoenix vibes though with, like there's no fire but it is this rising you know rising ab- above it all rising through it all because of it all um, this is amazing that that that's so beautiful thanks that's beautiful that yeah i, was I am a writer um yeah the skull the butterfly the flower there's beauty literally in everything and 2020 was a train wreck we called it um but for others you know it was a rebirth where the skull symbolized transformation uh the butterfly symbolizes us breaking out of our cocoon or you can use diana's better more insightful interpretations and then the flower looking back retrospect realizing that there's beauty in the ashes there's beauty in the graveyard there's beauty 
that surrounds you, right? Uh, yeah. So and optimism. I th- that's like I think I overlooked saying that, but it's just like coming into twenty twenty, we we can be very optimistic for it, and I encourage you to be because it's going to continue with these trials, these ups and downs, um, especially if you're not sitting in silence to see when you're being asked to pivot and when you're being asked to, you know, surrender. Um, Oh, I'm being asked to pivot. Oh, go. Okay. So question for you, what color represented by the chakras represent divine masculine the most in 2020? Oh, heart. Heart, heart, heart. And I think um, this year really, um, we just moved into this too, where we're being called to lead from the heart and we're being rewarded when we lead from the heart. Yeah, you know, and I think 2020 was hard on the divine masculine yeah. on the heart space. And very hard. And you have to understand, like they are resilient and they are survivors and they are leaders. Okay. Um, and kind of like Dan said, is the reason that you feel like they're stubborn, they're just not learning their lesson, is they have to make sure that this is that they are ready to really leave this behind. Okay, these aren't your divine masculine isn't somebody who's gonna half ass something or leave things done halfway. Nope. Okay. They have to make sure that they are leaving this because it truly does not serve themselves. To not does not serve them, but they have to make sure that this is truly a false truth. Like that sounds kind of like that was a, a mouthful, but they have to make sure that this is something that really is supposed to fall away yeah um and interestingly the heart chakra stone was the first stone i picked up so uh as a divine masculine i was very drawn to it for for uh you know even before i started this podcast that was the very first stone that i picked up so i'm going to be interested to see if your second answer is going to be in line with the second stone i picked up uh but what chakra do you see with divine feminine and i'm going to speak on the heart chakra for divine masculine after you say the answer for divine feminine. i keep wanting to say um did you pick the yellow one yes ooh, ooh, ooh. dude <laughs> that's pretty impressive guys i'm good <laughs> i picked up three but the first two that i picked up were the heart chakra and then the solar plexus i was looking for the root but I, the, oh, the green yeah. and the yellow really stuck out to yeah. me. Root is something else entirely. Solar plexus. A um, little bit to do with fire. But ironic, like if you notice, um, if you know chakras, you know that the heart chakra is a feminine chakra. And solar plexus yellow is actually a masculine chakra. So ironically, we're being asked to step into the counterparts energy. You know, into mm-hmm. you, into feminine, me, into masculine. Um, when I feel into this, this has more to do with fire and passion. And this has to do with like really going in on your purpose. I think this is the year where we all start to uncover where our, where we can help. And it isn't going to be like, oh, I'm going to help the world in this way. And yay, I'm helping the world. But it's like, you're going to have this just drive and this hunger to help the world or to help in your way. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're going to feel so empowered. Like this past year was, it felt very disempowering because you were fighting against the current and you were really trying to control things that you needed to surrender to and surrendering to things you needed to take control of that and the lower expression of the solar chakra or when it's blocked is shame it is so if there's any body shame or shame around sexuality or 
even self-image, you know, that will definitely hinder you yeah. and your purpose. And I mean, it doesn't even need to be like that crazy. Like for me, my, my shame was around um, my childhood. I was actually pretty, I was quite the leader. I just, I was so creative and innovative and just, I was out there, you know, I was doing things that now I like, I'm embarrassed watching home videos because I'm just like, I don't understand why, like I really had, I was not embarrassed to put myself out there. And it Dude, wasn't even same. Right? That's so funny that you bring that up. So, I was wild as a child. Yeah, and it's not like I did anything crazy, <sighs> but it was just like I was freaking singing karaoke songs, like I was Britney Spears and doing these dances and just dude, I making was up crazy dances, making too. up the craziest games that may not have made any sense. But I was like, I'm gonna fucking wing it. I'm gonna lead these people, and you know, like I was just so confident so so confident and even like as an adult i i i have worked through this is my whole week that i've been like putting into this but i just felt so much shame towards that confidence and i'm like wow this is and it wasn't uh, even because of me it was because everybody around me like would bully me or would like point that out or would laugh at me and so i'm like oh my goodness like this is what i've been working towards so you know like i'm gonna stand up for that girl i'm gonna use my truth to regain that confidence yeah i think it's interesting that you chose not lower chakras but you know usually when we talk about spirituality we talk about the the third eye chakra and the crown chakra and people talk oh yeah you know i tap into to the 5d and but this is not that wasn't the year for this this is the year of going within yourself and finding your confidence. And I want to speak on the divine masculine collective with the heart chakra, where this was a time of the heart and the opposite. Again, when, when the lower form of expression, when the heart chakra is blocked is the opposite of love, which is fear where the divine masculine was fearing love because they feared failing the divine feminine or they feared failing and then affirming their inner child belief that mm-hmm. they don't deserve love in the first place, that they are unlovable. Yeah. And that everything they touch is ruined and that they can never hold on to a good thing for an extended period of time. And so this was the fear that I had in even going into this union of what if it fails? What if it's, yeah. I just get this confirmation from the universe in the big way from someone I deeply care about that I ruin everything I touch. There's just this deep fear of getting hurt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what deep fear of getting hurt. And, and you see it because it's just like, okay, they don't just like not follow their heart when it comes to relationships, but it's like in their career, they're more, they, you know, more logical about their career. And it's just like, well, I'm doing this job because it would make more money than, oh, I'm doing this because, you know, I, I, I love doing this. This brings me life. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. last, because uh, Anchor now has this one hour rule, which is oh. kind of annoying. But I'm going to end things on a lighter note. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask you some questions again on a lighter note. <laughs> Um, so what was the best dessert you've had in 2020? Oh, the best, best dessert dessert? where you're just like, you know, okay, this is, it was really good. The, um, at Bruxy's when you came here and you ordered the, dude, that was insane. Uh, We had a creme brulee waffle with strawberries with strawberries in it and i don't know why every bite tasted different but it was just so it wasn't just sugar it was like complex it was a little nutty crunchy you're just like allergic to nuts but uh it was like mapley and then it was like dolce de leche almost like caramel and then it had the the strawberry and then had the butteriness from the water it was it was incredible we had a lot of good desserts i'm not gonna lie it's hard to pick one but that's the most recent picture i saw like that one we've been having some good eats 
What's yours? Yeah, we we spoil ourselves when it comes to food. What was yours? What was yours? Oh, I know. Uh, what comes to mind is the cheesecake that I had recently. Oh, I thought you were going to say that little for... churro. What churro? Apple cheesecake churro or cheese cream cheese churro. Oh, pretzel. the one from uh, the the pretzel. Mm-hmm. No, oh, no, no, no. The cheesecake. cheesecake. When you come here, I'm going to let you try that cheesecake. Oh. That cheesecake was a devot to die for. It was served by a very angry Italian lady, but that's how you know she doesn't mess around. She was very angry. She was like, "Keep your mask on." I was like, "Oh, you're always trying okay. to take it off." <laughs> well, it was actually my aunt because she was eating some poutine. Oh, oh, that's rude. She's right? eating. She's like, <laughs> I know, I know, but at the same time, she's trying to keep her job, yeah, and she just wants to make sure everyone's following rules. So I understand. I am. Okay. Okay. Next. Okay. Next question is: What is one fun or interesting? Uh, gadget, gizmo, appliance that you want to purchase? That I want to purchase? Oh. Oh, I don't know. And I'll tell you mine. You tell me yours first. I can think. Okay. So I saw this on TikTok. This person was making a smoothie. And the way she was making a smoothie was she put first a banana in the mason jar and then she added all the ingredients. I'm like, you literally just put a banana in a mason jar. But then she turns it upside down into this weird appliance thing and it blends in the mason jar. So you type an old fashioned mason jar smoothie on Google, it'll pop up different. There's different options for it and you can find it on Amazon pretty, pretty cheap for like 30 bucks. It's crazy. It's a mason jar smoothie blender where you just put your smoothie, your, your, your mason jar and all the ingredients in it, and it just mixes it up. I'm like, yo, that's perfect. There's something so satisfying about pouring the smoothie in the mason jar. You know? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. But also, it is still a cool appliance, so. Yeah. Oh, dang. I don't know. My mom bought me an electric tea kettle, and I'm just, like, so excited about that. What? What is that? Is it? I can brew tea in it, and you just plug it into the wall. I think she bought it for me because I would use the teapot and the teapot was like kind of broken. So it was loud AF, man. So loud. And I looked at her. I was like, did you buy me this? So I wouldn't wake you up at like one in the morning making tea. She's like, maybe. Because <laughs> it's so <laughs> quiet. It like bruised so quietly. It like goes. Yeah, it's so cute. So okay, last question is um, if you could scrap Mini waffle right maker. Now, Mini waffle maker. A waffle maker? A mini one. A mini one? Yes, I went at Target. I, I've just been like thinking about Wait, it. okay. Rapid fire questions. Okay, we got go, two minutes. Go, go. Two and a half minutes. Okay. Uh, if you could scrap everything right now and start a business, what would it be? Ooh, candles. <laughs> we can definitely do candles. So my vision for all things Twin Flames, by the way, if you're listening to this <laughs> and this is what we're going headed towards, is to uh, create a new world order. No, I'm kidding. It's <laughs> Actually, massages. Massages, that's what I would It's do. to be a one-stop spiritual shop. So somewhere you can get crystals at, somewhere you could pick a, get get a reading done. Um, get some Reiki done. Buy incense at, get some Reiki done. Do some yoga. Uh, purchase a course, purchase a book, right? Because Diana and I are writers. Um, anyway, what is the best or worst joke? What is the best joke you've heard in 2020? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What was yours? <laughs> You're already laughing. Um, it's, <laughs> it's so dumb. I don't even know how to dive for it. But uh, so uh, it's going to cut off. But whatever. People are going to be like, wow, Dan, Dan's humor is a little dark and twisted. But okay, here it is. Dan revealed, um, exposed. Uh, so uh, a kid's a, a father son uh, sees that his mom cheated on, on his dad with, with the neighbor. And so the son tells the dad. And so the dad's way of getting back is that during Christmas, he, he tells the son, uh, Hey son, tell, tell me what you told uh, me yesterday. What about what you saw mom do? And she's like, well, she went upstairs with, with the neighbor. And he was like, well, what did she do with the neighbor? And she's like, well, they got naked together. And, and, and they got in bed and he was like, what else happened, son? And so I was like, well, they did this thing where uh, that, that you do when Aunt Jessica comes over. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
I don't know. I find that so funny. You're terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that wraps it up. Thanks I'm for listening. The, the world who laughed at that, but this is a wrap up of 2020, yeah. which was a big wake up call to everyone. And look how divine masking just switches to seriousness right away. So serious. Uh, so serious. This is a Gemini in me. I don't know if it's divine masculine, but 2020 was a train wreck. However, it is how you perceive it. Uh, there, it will. There was graveyard moments, but there are butterfly moments and flower moments. Thank you all for listening and being part of the Bye. Bye.